0: what you want the Lord to do if you've ever had a time to revive if you've ever taken time do it now to revive the things that get you excited about the next day coming most of God's people have lost their anticipation in fact so much of the body of Christ after looking at so much of what has happened across our nation are discouraged silent unresponsive they're still in seclusion they go to the store but they don't go to church because they haven't realized that they are the church and that when they gather the church is gathered if you understand that clap your hands amen You act like God can't do what he says. That's what's happening in the body of Christ. But with those hands lifted to him one more time, as we prepare to enter this season, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your revelation, for showing us what we've never seen, for igniting in us your vision for helping us to overcome our fear and our anxiety causing us to come forth boldly knowing that what you've said you will do Lord as pastor Tiffany prophesied this we declare will be the most unusual awesome first fruit season we have ever experienced in even in the last 10 years we thank you for it but we know lord that you are here to reveal yourself and we give you all the thanks for it in jesus name one more time with another praise to god amen come on just bless him, and praise him. thank you father thank you father thank you father you may be seated i want to take care of um, first things first several years ago that's the theme that god gave me first fruits first things first today i want us to um uh, be on the edge of our seat for a moment because we're going to stand in a moment but i want you to consider this today um I marvel at the Lord how He keeps showing me things about this table. Every Sunday for the last several months, He's given me something that I didn't know or didn't understand about this table. What I didn't know is the word that's used for this this table is the same word that's used for bank. B A N C K. What I what I never I never understood is the significance, you want to blow your mind, start doing, going in the scripture and looking about the significance of the table. It's an amazing thing. For you will set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. It's, in fact, this, what we're about to do is many times called the table of the Lord and as you know at the end of, of at the end of the age the lord is preparing us for the for the marriage supper of the lamb and that's always served come on at the table and i don't know how many of you understand what transacts what transactions happen at the table in fact you might want to consider this maybe one of the reasons why the enemy has been Slowly but surely trying to erase the table in every family is because of the power of what happens at the table. It's amazing that the word that's used for table in the Old Testament is the same word that created the ark. The wood that the ark was created That Acacia, it was called the table. And when the Lord described it, he said, I want you to put rings on the side of it so you can stick the poles in it and you can carry this table. The Ark of the Covenant was actually a table. Amazing. And of course, of course, you know, when the Lord met with his disciples, he gathered them together at, come on, the the table. He uses that word. And the table in that time was that that lazy Susan. Nonetheless, that turned and everyone was like spokes in a wheel around that. Everyone was there at the table and one of the reasons why we call it, the church began to call it the table of the Lord is because of, of the significance of what happens when you sit. Did you know that no married couple is any closer um, and any better than how they are treating each other at the table? And no family is any greater or stronger or healthy than what happens, come on, talk to me, at the table. No wonder the enemy tries so hard to get rid of the table. So folks are eating out of pots and on drain boards and having their own little. they take their food and go to their room and eat. Y'all not talking to me. This is amazing but I understand why the enemy would do it because if, a, if the head of a household would assemble the family nine times out of ten where that assembly is going to happen is at the table. What plans of the enemy against the body of Christ happen at the table. The plans of statesmen and governors and presidents. Their desk is considered the And when they assemble the cabinet, when they assemble the cabinet, it's always around, come on, talk to me, the table. I don't know if we've really taken in like we ought to the significance of a table. I, I, if you remember in Mel Gibson's rendition of the crucifixion, the, 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 it was called the Passion, that Jesus was a carpenter, as by tradition as as Joseph was, as his his surrogate father, and uh, you you see him, he and Mary. There's one little scene where he and Mary and and the Lord is 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 got this object. He's sitting down, four legs and a top, and she comes and she said. What is it? And uh, he said, "Well, you, you sit at it." <laughs> it's kind of interesting how Mel picked that up because the the tradition was to, to to lay down or to sit down, and 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 you see in the movie Jesus creating the table. If you will think about this in your house, uh, uh, what happened? What significance? happens at tables in your house. You got end tables. Am I right about it? You got coffee table. Why didn't they name it a coffee table? Because usually that's where you serve the coffee to your guests. And when you serve coffee to your guests, you always have conversation, right? It's the Lord said, come let us reason together. Take the picture as you're sitting there and you're talking, Say this table. I'm amazed. That you can draw a correlation between table, altar, ark of the covenant. For covenants are drawn up and when they are signed or sealed or ratified, it's always, come on, talk to me, where? At the table. If you want to be ugly, if you want to be despised in the culture, the worst thing you could do was sit at the table with a man, eat and drink his food and betray him. It was considered one of the worst things. That's why couples, that, that, that's why you go out today and uh, in restaurants, and you look around and you just notice how they, interact with each other. You can tell a lot about a couple when you watch them sit at the table. First of all, when they walk in, you, you want to see, does he pull the chair out and, and, and seat her? Or does she just go for herself, you know? You can tell a lot about a couple. By the way, gentlemen, I hope you can hear all the brothers that are not yet there or the ones that are already there. This is a really good thing, you know, when you come to the table that you pull the chair out and seat the missus first where you would want her to sit and then you sit where you sit. Because there's something very significant about tables. Tables represent um, conversation. Conversation not only this way, but when it comes to the things of God, the table represents conversation going this way, as well as this way. Today, when we come and we receive of this. T- oh, by the way, if you if you really want to, if you really, in the Old Testament, what they considered under the old covenant worth stoning, you would stone your child if your child grew up with their feet under your table. But they went out and did something else with somebody else and came back pregnant. The fathers were under the old law. Thank God. Thank God. God. We don't not under the old law. They were, were the father could stone her it got quiet because of the significance of the honor and the authority and the protection and the blessing of the table my parents were amazing they they were really amazing you know five boys and two girls and, and the rest of the neighborhood anyone understand what i'm saying they, they, our, our house set, you know, there was a road that was Sun River Drive, went this way, and the street ran straight down into us, So we were at the top of it, in the center, top of the T. And everybody would converge right there. 3261 Harborwoods Road was Decatur, right? That just came up in my spirit. Um, if you sat at my table you partook of the blessing of my table. If you ate my food, you would never be sick, not from that meal. Oh no. And if anybody got sick eating in my house, it wasn't my table, it's what you ate before you came. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) How many of you ever ate at my table? Raise your hand, look around, look around still alive today, online, Online, put it in the chat. If you've ever eaten at my table, whether it was the one in my place or whether I provided it in a restaurant, raise your hand or put it in. Don't raise your hand, I can't see you. Put it in the chat because at my table is the place of the demonstration and the, the very resident of my authority because tables are like that, you see. So I got to quit babbling about this and move on with the point. But I, but I want to tell you something. By the way, you ought to always be very careful whose, feet, whose table you put your feet under. In Proverbs, it says, don't put your feet under a wicked man. Don't even eat, don't even eat his food. That's what the Bible says. And become a part of his iniquity. Are you breathing? Okay. That, that means said, be careful who you eat with. Some people I, I will not eat with. I won't eat with them. They're wicked, but if they're wicked, I'll make them eat with me because they, they catch what I got. <sighs> Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you eat with me, you get what I got. When you eat with me, say, when you eat with me, you get what I got. Well, I pray over it. Become a partaker of the blessing. When Jesus assembled the disciples together, he did so because he wanted them to partake of the blessing. And they didn't understand, they did not understand at that point, the power of the blessing. They didn't understand the, they didn't understand the jurisdiction of the blessing. They didn't understand any of that. They just knew what he said, they just did what he said. And that one time, that one time before the crucifixion, you've heard me say so many times, he changed their their normal way of meeting together, their normal way of fellowship. He changed it and he made it a covenant meal. And he did it by speaking over it. Now I need to say this to you today because I wanna get the first part done quickly. If I quit talking, we can get it done quickly. Um, because remember, the last time we were together, I was talking to you. The last time we were face to face, I was talking to you from Malachi. Anybody, anybody, anyone remember Malachi? Go there right quick. Go to Malachi right quick. Because the book of Malachi is an amazing book. It's, it's, part, of new, uh, it's part of what God started showing me for this season of giving. And I'm so grateful to him for it. The book of Malachi is not a, It sounds like a book of that God is uh, passing judgment on them, but really, it, it's really God correcting them or disciplining them. And Hebrews said, "If you are sons, and it says, if you if you are without correction from the Lord, you are not a son." Yeah. What? Chapter 11, Hebrews, if, if you are not, if you are not, if you never get corrected, and some of you don't even know how to receive correction. The Bible says if you can't receive correction, it's Proverbs 12, you're stupid. He that, that doesn't receive correction is stupid. Check it out, Proverbs chapter 12, verse one. If you can't be, and I understand the, 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 the references is I understand corrected by whom, right? We're, we are assuming that you're being corrected by one who loves you, who has authority has authority in your life. If you can't receive correction, you're stupid. That's what the Bible says. Unfortunately, in, in the body of Christ today, we have a challenge because nobody wants to receive anybody correcting them. And, and, we, and God is not raising a company of stupid people. Look at, look at each other and say, we're not stupid. If correction comes because God's trying to get something to you, God's trying to help you to bloom and blossom. But check it, this out, in, 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 um, in Malachi, he, he makes this statement, and I'm, I'm going to continue with this theme for a few weeks. It's the power of giving all, the power of giving all, and here we are in this giving, giving season. And the Lord said, from the rising of the sun even to the going down of the same. In other words, it never stops from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. My name, my name will be great among the nations and in every place, in every place, worship goes on, incense is going on and offered in my name, in every place where my name is being worshiped, where, there's, where they're giving to me, in every place, in every place. My God that's going to offer everything that's offered in my name. Um, It says, my name will be great, so great among the nations. God begins in Malachi setting the precedent for his people and as he addresses them, it's about his name. It's not about their convenience. It's about his name. Because the purpose of God can only get done if people understand who he is. And if you, unless you understand who he is. Are you still with me? Barely. All right. So, Malachi is a book of discipline, it's a a correction and promise. You heed the correction, the promise flows to you. Don't be stupid and act like, well, you know, I, you ain't talking to me like that. Well, (laughs) how many of you told that to your daddy when he was telling, or your mama when she was trying to straighten you out? Oh, that's why your lips so big. I get it, I get it. Remember when I was talking to you about this, I said there's some things I want to make clear here because sometimes people get confused about the Old Testament and the New Testament. In in Romans 15, it says these things are written for our instruction, referring to the Old Testament. These things are written for our our instruction. So if you get instructed in the right way because you've been doing it the wrong way, you have to decide whether you're going to be wise or whether you're going to be stupid. Some things in the Old Testament, to to get it clear, I'll rehearse it real quickly. Some some parts of the Old Testament, when you got to the cross, they ended, like animal sacrifice. This is a season of giving, right? They came and presented their crops, their, their, uh, their herds as their offering. It was their worship. And it was connected to whether or not the goodness of God was going to continue over them or not. But check it out. When we get to the cross, Christ becomes the lamb who sacrificed whom we, whom we celebrate here today. He becomes the lamb who sacrificed. He is the ultimate. There is no There's no animal or grain sacrifice that can compare because those sacrifices, by the way, I don't know if you got this or not, but they had to do this every year. The the most grace they could get, the most mercy they could experience was to have their sins pushed to the side for one year. Had, Had to come and bring their offering, had to confess for one year. Everything got to start all over the next year. Thank God we have a priest. We have a high priest who is, who is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. And he was perfect. So when he was sacrificed, God the Father took your sins and wiped them out. Look at your neighbor and say, forever. Tell your neighbor and say, forever. Look at somebody else, forever. Because he ever lives to make sacrifices for us. And so it ended at the cross. The things that of, of animal sacrifice and bloody altars and slitting animals' throats and all of that ended, because Christ was a much better sacrifice. If you need proof of this, go to Hebrews and read Hebrews, and you'll see how much better His sacrifice was. It could never sacrifices by men of animals could never pay could never redeem you, could never change your heart, could never bring transformation, but Jesus, his blood, once you receive his blood, transforms you and God sees you different and you become different. And we continue to celebrate the power of that blood working in our lives, continually transforming us. Some things came through the cross and uh, they made it through the cross and they, 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 but they, they, made, they made it through the cross, they didn't stop at the cross, they made it through the cross, but they were transformed, they were changed. Like the year of Jubilee, we talked about that. Remember every, every 50 years, all the slaves go free, all slaves go home after 50 years. That's why you don't want to go in the Old Testament and try to compare that slavery to the slavery in America. It's, it's a misnomer, it does not work, it's not the same kind of slavery. Are you there, saints? In the Old Testament, it stopped. Slavery ended. Everybody went home, property went back, everything. It was like a do-over every 50 years. That's the year of, of jubilee. But when Christ comes, God transforms it. Look at your neighbor. Now God wants to give you jubilee every day. Look at your neighbor. Every day, amen. some parts of the old testament made it made it through the cross completely unchanged and those things that were unchanged Written in Amos and written in Acts, same thing. It's what we call we call it Davidic worship, or the continually blessing and praising of his name and receiving from his spirit and understanding what he's saying and, and, and receiving commands and, and 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 carrying them out. That worship David began in the old testament, like God gave him a glimpse, and he did it right then. And in the in the New Testament. It actually talks about the restoration of Davidic worship. And we today, when we come to assemble, by the way, you can't do Davidic worship at home behind a mask at your computer. I thank God for every one of you who are joining us, but I want to tell you that when you enter into the worship that God really that he that he prescribed for us, it's together, one place, one accord, face to face. Are we playing? That's good. You're playing the good. Okay, Amen. You're not telling me I'm done. No, you're just following their instructions. Just play on, Amen. So, we when 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 uh, when worship happens in the Old Testament, David. They, he, was, he understood the presence he understood the greatness of God Till he had shifts they would come and they'd worship in shifts you know, you know three and six hour shifts they would keep all through the night all during the day similar to how they had to keep the candle burning in the temple those things that made it through the cross and were transformed worship something else that was transformed through the cross was giving because God doesn't ask you to give your herds he doesn't ask you to give your the, the, you know, the, the produce of the field but giving nonetheless is a part of the worship that God set up And God makes it clear in the Old Testament. He said, Israel, the reason why I'm doing this is because this is the way I'm going to make my name great. How can God make his way, his name great by your giving? Lord, have mercy. He told in the book of Malachi, when you read it, you see God bringing correction to his people. And he's doing it because if their giving is faulty, their living is faulty. If their living is faulty, their hearts are faulty. If their lifestyle looks like the nations that are around them, then there is no difference between the people of God and the nations. Can I put it to you another way? If the level of prosperity of God's people is no better than the level of the prosperity of those around them, God's name is then not great. Not in your not in our sight. Not in their sight. One of the things you want to remember about first fruits, and we're in the season, and we're going to repent from this in just a moment. One of the things you want to remember that if if look look if you are in the same condition of the people that live around you how then can God brag about who he is If you live in the, if we live in the same mediocrity We live in the same bad bill paying habits We live in the same no credit habits we live in the same dispossession, repossession habits. Worse than that, you not, nothing's being repodest, repossessed. But living in the same, we just get by. Oh, thank God, he came through. Oh, we we we. Oh, but we got by. If your life and my life style is no different and those I live among who do not know him how then can his name be great alright so let's do this so check this out saints when you look at when you when you look at <laughs> Malachi chapter 1 and verse 7. The Lord said to his people, you are presenting defiled food on my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say, the table of the Lord is despised. But when you present the blind sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is that not evil? Why not offer that to your governor? Would he be pleased with you or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? In that one little section, God is pointing out that his people have, their their attitude is no different than the world's they had become lax. God was looking at their heart. Look at your neighbor. God's always looking at your heart. God won't violate his own principle. How can God pour out, open up the windows of heaven and pour down? I haven't heard anybody here yet say, stop, Lord, quit blessing me. I know I can't take it. How is it How is it that God would promise such a thing? Bring into my house all the tithe and all the offering and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out upon you a blessing that you would not have room. You have to get a bigger house. You got to get more garages. God say, why would God say such a thing, saints? Why would God, why would God make such a bold promise? You know, he said, test me and see. God Almighty says it about himself, test me and see if I won't do it. Are you serious, God? But I want to say to us today, but because our lifestyles really and I want to say this to every one of you no matter where you are no matter where you are in your level it applies to you and my, myself first if my level of living Lord I help me to say it like you showed it to me if my level of living is not abundantly above those that i'm around then how can i adequately testify to the goodness of god and how great he is and how awesome he is and how benevolent he is and how he will prosper me and prosper you how can i testify about that if i don't show it Some of you, this is applied to you because you are are doing better today than you have ever done in years. Some of you are doing better today than you've done in the last 10, 20 years. Clap your hands if that's that's the case. I mean, you know, some of you have been practicing first fruits 10 years. And and, and if you think about where you were when you first learned this principle, you go, oh, my God. Some of y'all need to take a drive back there and just check it out. I've been back to where I was raised don't want to go back thankful but don't want to go back why are you saying that bishop because because saints even though many of you are living better than you ever have been in all your life that's not the dream that God gave you man, when, I, when the Lord started talking to me, yeah, 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 you're doing really good. But that's not what he told you when he inspired you. That's not what he put in your heart. That's not what he put in your imagination. You, yeah, you're doing good, but that's what the enemy does, doesn't he? He just gets you comfortable so you don't do no more. He could care less That you got more money in the bank as long as that money is not operating for the kingdom of God. He could care less how many things you've overcome until what you overcome begins to tear down his kingdom. He could care less about your comfort. By the way, maybe that's why you're not being bothered because you're comfortable. Every time God raises your jurisdiction and and makes you uncomfortable, I promise you new levels. Come on, talk to me, saints. New devils. But the beautiful thing about it, when you have done it God's way and and God is using you like he's never used you before, he always comes with grace to handle your enemy at another level. Clap your hands and give him praise, somebody. Okay, I want you to do do it this way. I don't want you to maybe you have to deal with the sin of settling for where you are I said dear God maybe you have to say God forgive me for selling you short and saying yay okay to this here when what you said was I want you here I want us to bow our heads for a moment members, this morning because this is uh and this is the beginning of first fruit season and in our beginning we'll, we will go up to easter and i want you to understand that that there's a season in first fruits in practicing first fruits just think about it this way first fruits is in celebration of what's coming the coming harvest tithe is in celebration of the past harvest you can't tithe unless you know what to tithe on you got to make it before you can tithe on it somebody said amen to that amen so just keep that in mind that those of you that may not have never heard of first fruits a first fruits is something very very different and i want the holy spirit to give you a revelation in these next two or three weeks like you have never seen before the power of what god put in your hands at this table I want you to bow your heads all over and I want you to pray with me today. And I want you to be honest with yourself if your family's still in that situation. Okay, it's better than what it was five years ago. Thank you, Jesus. But what if it's not what God said? Some of you put what God said, you put that down because it had not happened yet and you blamed God for for raising your expectation and not fulfilling it. By the time we're done the next two or three weeks, you'll see very clearly what that really is. Some of you are holding God suspicious because he didn't come through like he said. And the real deal is, by the way, he cannot lie. Tell your neighbor he cannot lie. There ain't no lie in him. There ain't no darkness in him at all. So if he says it, it's exactly what he said. The rest is what did he tell you to do? I want you to to go back to what the Lord spoke to you. That glorious, incredible, fantastic picture that God put in your mind. The thing that God did with it when he showed you how he wanted you walking and living. Yeah, it includes driving. What kind of lifestyle the Lord and why God would promise you such a thing. surely it's not just to consume at your own by yourself at your own table remember is his name great wherever you go when you walk out of your door is his name great over your life so wherever you go you carry his fame you carry his name God can brag about you obviously Satan said hey hey he says God said Satan where you been Satan appeared with the sons of God before before the throne and and, and and the Lord said where have you been Satan he said well I've been walking around to and fro seeing whom I can devour the Lord said have you considered my servant Joe well I I, I would get him but you you got him protected cause the only reason why he served you cause he blessed so God said yeah okay I tell you what you go check Job out but you can't touch his life you can't take his life (laughs) what you all know the story Job's life fell apart and God did not move God just, he's in the midst of it the whole time and Job is trying to figure out what he, and and he doesn't know what is going on cuz he's been praying he's been sacrificing to the Lord for his kids you go read the story you'll see it's, it's not a, it's a truth and Job's friends come out and say Job I know you must have done something boy because Almighty God, you know, he treat, he, he ain't gonna never, he, God ain't gonna do this to you. And what many have not understood is how God, God could trust Job. He could trust Job even though his life would fall apart for a season. He, he knew the level and the depth and the security of Job's trust in the Lord. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a big deal for God to say, check him out, Saint. It got quiet in here for a second. I, 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 I stepped into that. I want to tell you, at the end of the deal, Job is just, you know, Job is just, you know, he's a, he's a good man. But the truth is, when God checks Job out, and begins to question Job. Job, and 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 Job repents for him, even thinking that, that God might have some negative toward him. God said, "Job." And 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 by the way, Satan, Satan was just—he was—he was undone. He was uncovered because. He couldn't make Job curse God. He even went so far as the woman he slept with his wife. She said, child, just curse God and die. But Job wouldn't do it because of his love for God. Though he did not understand everything, he loved God. And God God said, all right, when God rebuked Satan, then God restored, the Bible said, he restored Hello? How did he restore it? it he, he doubled everything Job had lost. He doubled it. Because God could trust him. Maybe what you're thinking for, I don't want to be Job. I don't want to be Job. Some of y'all are being Job right now. And God wants to put something in your hands that would allow you to to ascend to a place in God that is far above where you are right now. But one of the reasons why we've not been able to do that, church, even across America, one of the reasons why we've not been able to do that is because of the same things that God spoke in Malachi to his people, the way we have thought about God. The way we treat—you mean the way we thought about God? If you go to, if you go to Malachi and look down every chapter, God keeps asking them questions, and they keep saying, "What you talking about?" He said, "You treat me horrible." He said, "What do we treat you horrible?" He said, "Why are you robbing me? Well, how are we robbing you? How many, have you ever had children do that? Have you all had children do that? How many of you all had kids do that?" I told my, my I said, I said. You've been in You've been in your mother's. You've been in your mother's oil, Matthew. No. Well, why is it your face shining? We we've been treating the Lord like. Well, I, we you know you know we love you. Now you know we love you. By the way, by the way. Uh, there are a lot of songs if you check out the how many songs Chris that are ab- about loving Jesus and loving God in the worship field there's all these the, the big proliferations there's I mean there's song after song after song and song after song after song about I love you Lord I love you Lord everything from I love you Lord and, to, and can you think of, of the I love you songs they might come to you I love you I love you I love you Lord today because you care for me in such a special way, right? Then I praise you and I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is here. Anybody, any other, can you think of any other love songs to God? I mean, there's all kinds of them. I, I love you, I love you because you first loved me and. Purchased my salvation on Calvary. A lot of love songs. You know, the body of Christ, we have a whole list of them. Maybe, maybe next week we can have us a whole list of love songs that we, I, 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 it's amazing. You will blow your mind. But I have yet to hear a song that talks about the fear of the Lord. It is not the love that's the problem. It's the deep reverential respect that's the problem. It's the hatred of what is wicked and the love of what is righteous. I want you to bow your heads. And when God goes after the children of Israel, he, he's looking at their Reverence for Him. It's what moves God. That reverence, you could get it back right now if you saw this table for what it really is. If you saw this table as your open door into the greatness, into the abundance, into the prosperity that God really wants for you. I want to make my name great through you. Metro, Metro. this, This year, 2021, God desires to make his name great among us. And so the Lord said to his disciples, knowing that they are the first among whom His name is to be made great. He said, I want you to take this cup. He said, I want you to take this cup. It's the new new covenant in my blood. I imagine when he said covenant in my blood, their minds must have raced to Abraham and all all those that came through him. And I want you to take this cup and drink it. It's my blood that is shared for you. It's more than a get out of jail free card. It's a transformation card. And when you drink this, I want you to remember me. And this bread is my body, which is broken. I said to you last the last month, you you can't get blood until you break the skin. Until you break the body. This is my my flesh, which is broken for you. When you eat this, remember me. Remember what I went through in order. Remember what I went through in order to bring you through. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for opening to every believer today. Not where they need to go, where you say they already are. Help them to see that we are no longer strangers, we're no longer aliens but we're fellow citizens of the household, the family of God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for everything you sacrifice. And Lord, we change our mind about the way we have been dreaming, the way we've been thinking, the way we've been giving. Forgive us for holding you suspicious for anything. I praise you, Lord, for these who, who eat and drink this from this table and begin to sow even for the generations. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.